All right, let's get into uh, some of these questions. I got a handful of questions here, John. If you want to email the show, mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, Manny in Pasadena, uh, John, which 2022 rookie makes the biggest leap in 2023? On the Texans. I would say Derek Stingley Jr. because he was hurt. He missed the end of the season. Jalen Petrie's good. He'll be better. But when you're picked third overall, you better become a lockdown corner. So I would look for him to make the biggest improvement. If I could pick one, John, that I want to make the biggest leap, it'd probably be Kenyon Green, uh, the 15th overall pick from 2022. Um, just honestly, purely for the optics of these Deshaun Watson picks that they got beginning to work out so we can all feel better about the team trading a franchise quarterback in his prime. Um, so, and plus you're talking about Kenyon Green, the baseline from where he's starting from is literally among the worst at his position in the league. A big leap for him means that he's getting out of that rut and he's becoming a serviceable football player. Stingley, I just want him to be healthy. I just don't know that he was used properly last year more than anything else. I, I you know, I'm, I don't blame him for having to play in a zone scheme like Lovey had him in. I think D'Amico's going to know much better than Lovey how to use Derek Stingley Jr. I would never take a cornerback that high if I were going to play play him in a zone. No. It's not necessary. We talked about that before the draft. You know, you saw with uh, Sauce Gardner playing a lot of man, he ended up being defensive rookie of the year. And I think D'Amico will indeed take better advantage of his skill set. And you're right about Kenyon Green. A lot of Kenyon Green's problems was getting overpowered. And he's been working out like crazy in the weight room, I'm told. Oh, good. That's good. Um, and, and, you know, John, John Mechie as well. Like, I almost feel like it's it's almost it's, – it's, it's, it feels kind of – honestly, it feels a little like just gauche to include him in this thing, like rookie making the biggest leap. The dude was undergoing cancer treatments. <laughs> him getting back on the field – is a is a huge leap for John Mechie, who spent more time in the hospital than he did at the practice facility last year, probably. Um, but uh, what I mean, we're starting to get you know more and more dribs and drabs about where Mechie is kind of coming out. Nick had said on our show on Payne and Pendergast a couple months ago that Mechie is in better shape now than he was before he came into the building as a rookie last year. And D'Amico brought his name up a couple times in his press conference earlier this week. Do we have any expectations for John Mechie here and what essentially amounts to his rookie year? The expectations are that he's going to be there and he's going to be ready to go and participate in training camp. And the key is he is a rookie. So it'd be kind of hard to expect big things out of a kid, not only who missed his rookie year, but missed his rookie year while undergoing treatment for leukemia. But just having him on the field, you know, he's a slot receiver. They traded into the second round to get him for a reason. It'd be very cool if he were reunited with Bryce Young, which is still a possibility despite what everybody's saying that the Panthers are going with Young now. And uh, But uh, everybody wishes him the best. But one of the things that they liked about him and one of the things they said at Alabama is what a great competitor he was. And so I can't wait to see him in training camp. All right, next one, John. Jose says, when's the last time there's been two good QBs that actually both worked out? at the top of the draft. And why does McLean believe the only intelligent thing the Texans can do with the second overall pick is take a QB, even if it isn't the one that the Texans possibly prefer? Well, first of all, it's like I've been using this example, Jose. If you are if you go and you got a chance to buy a Mercedes or a BMW, top of the line, and you make a bid, but somebody else beat you to that Mercedes, and you have to settle for that BMW, which you love too. 
just not as much as the Mercedes. And I think that's a good example of what they could do. Now, the reason I say they're taking a quarterback is because I don't see them going into D'Amico's first season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum as their quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he does bring up a good point, Jose, does, John, about the top two like the, when the top two quarterbacks, like when quarterbacks have been taken one and two, or maybe even like one and three, uh, you know, two say two in the top three, it is really hard to find a draft where both of them worked out. You know, if 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 not if not one of them, you know, like it's you know for every Peyton Manning, there's a Ryan Lee. For every Drew Bledsoe, there's a Rick Meyer. You know, for every, and then you got drafts like Mariota and and Jameis Winston went two and one in in their draft. Neither of them worked out. Goff and Wentz went one and two. That was probably one of the better ones when you consider Wentz almost won an MVP and Goff at least got to a Super Bowl. It is that is it is really hard to find a draft where two quarterbacks taken that high both end up working out in the end. Absolutely. They seldom do, and you better hope you got the right one. Yep. Uh, all right, John. Chris in the ATL says, I view the draft like a Christmas for fans. The players in the first three rounds are the big exciting gifts that were on top of your list. Players in rounds four through seven are fun, nice-to-have gifts. He says he separates rounds four through seven into two groups of players, gift card players who are safe and useful, but the value is limited. And then he says think of like the center position or outside-of-the-box gift type players who would be really cool and exciting but not necessarily of need, and they can be tossed later by the recipient, like an undersized, speedy slot receiver with kick returning ability. So my question is this, with this draft, do you think for the mid to late rounds for Nick, he's going to be more of a gift card giver or an outside the box giver to fans? Do you see Nick as being a guy, John, who takes more guys that are just sort of useful, but kind of ho-hum, or do you see him maybe taking some guys who have that one Superman trait and they could become a big, you know, kind of a penny stock kind of thing? Like Damian Pierce. Uh, maybe, yeah. Thing. Yeah, uh, I think with the late picks, you're not taking for need. You're trying to fill in guys who uh, say like you have you want eight receivers in training camp and you have seven. And so you need another receiver in a late round. It's so funny. The seventh round used to be in the middle, used to be yeah. a mid round pick back draft used to be 18 rounds, then 12, 12 rounds, then eight, and then seven. And so um, it's funny the way the how many Hall of Famers. Or who came in the late rounds or were undrafted. Of course, mm -hmm. they weren't as sophisticated then. So I think Casario likes those big, big uh, conference uh, players coming from big time coaches. And I think that's what he'll do through most of his picks. I don't think he'll end up with 12 picks. I think it'll be fewer. I think he'll try to move up in a couple of rounds. And I hope he moves into the second round. Ideally, he'll get a quarterback, an edge rusher a wide receiver and a center with his first four picks. Now, what are the odds that they take care of those four needs in the first two rounds, or if they have to go into the third, uh, probably minuscule, but those are their four biggest needs. Yeah. I think they come out of the draft within the first two days with at least of those four things, John, they'll get at least three of them in the first two days of the draft. I think that's, that would be my prediction. Chris, uh, Chris in the ATL also asks, in real life, what type of gifts do you guys prefer to receive? Gift cards or outside-the-box gifts? Are you a gift card guy, John? My wife won't give gift cards. She gives presents. Okay. So you so by so by proxy, then you're a present guy because that's what yeah, you Yeah, I'm a present guy because I have to be, and uh and she never gives me anything outside the box. It's things that she knows 
that I either want or need. Like she drafts for need, right, John? She gave me a big flat screen TV this year at Christmas, which is the best gift she's ever given me other than a than a week in Vegas when I went for the first time. Ooh, that's fun. A week in Vegas. Um, I'm a gift card guy, Chris, just so you know. I like gifts, but gift cards, the gift of shopping, I'm down with as long as it's um, somewhere that I uh, that I like to shop, and especially if there's alcohol involved. I like um, to have just cash. Yeah, well, there's websites, John, where you can take your gift cards and swap them out and get cash, but, you know, they skim some off the top because they're going to have to make money from it, right? Yeah. So, um, all right, a couple more here. Uh, and by the way, if you want to email a question in, if you're thinking of one right now, you're like, I'd love to ask these guys this, mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, two more. John and Memorial, if the Texans trade back from number two overall, do you guys have a spot that you don't want them to move past in moving down? Also, do you have a minimum amount of draft capital you'd need them to obtain in a deal in order for them to trade down from two? That's an interesting question, John. Do you have if they trade back from two? I know we all want a quarterback, but let's say they don't want a quarterback. I would prefer they trade back than just draft Will Anderson. Um, do you if they were to trade back? Well, first of all, are you okay with them trading back? And if so, do you have a spot that you go, okay, I, I'm cool with them trading back, but I don't want them to move past seven or past 10 or whatever the case may be. If they're not, if they're not going to get a quarterback, I'd like to see him take Will Anderson. My second choice would be Tyree Wilson from Texas tech. A lot mm -hmm. of people love Tyree Wilson. In fact, I saw, can't remember who the draft, who, who the mock was, but who did Wilson coming to Houston, but they would have to get to trade down a second round pick this year because, uh, and then I think they would need another third rounder this year now they're not going to keep all those picks that would give them 14 but it would allow them maneuverability and i think if uh it, if you go out of the top four because i think arizona is going to trade you're not going to get one of those four quarterbacks mm -hmm. if, if you say they did like him and hooker and they had no problem waiting on him to to play when he was 26 and then maybe show some development when he's 27 they had no issue with that. Then, uh, you know, and they thought they could get him at 12, which is not, there's no guarantee they're going to, because a lot of people have really liked Kendon Hooker, yeah. especially since they've started talking to him, seeing how smart he is, how analytical, uh, what a great leader, charismatic, got great character. So, uh, and I do think they need a quarterback, but I would think they need to get a two and a three this year and something next year. And yeah. if, they went, if they went down, say, past the top six or seven, they better get a number one pick. I agree. And yeah, it's all a sliding scale. You know, depending on how far they move down, that's what the – the further they move down, the higher the price is going to be for the team moving up to get the pick, obviously. I just – my my slot is right about seven, where Las Vegas is picking. That'd be a logical team for them to do a deal with because of the relationships there, right? Casario and McDaniels, yep. Casario and Ziegler. Yep. Um, and, and and that's a QB needy team. I don't care if they sign Garoppolo. That team needs a quarterback moving forward. Garoppolo's not a franchise quarterback. I know they, I know they signed him. He's going to be their starter this year. But that's a team that I could see wanting to move up and get, say, C.J. Stroud. Seven, I feel like you, you still got a pretty good shot at getting one of the better – you know, like one of the tippy top players there. Cause there's going to be at least three quarterbacks, maybe four. There's going to be Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson is the guy. Like if I move past, if I move down seven 
and Tyree Wilson were still there at seven, and I picked up a say a couple of twos or something like that for them to move back five spots. I can get with that. I like Tyree Wilson, especially if they wind up with a quarterback a little later on in the draft. I can get with that. I watched Stroud at two, John, but there are scenarios that I can still get excited about with the Texans as long as they're making good deals, you know? People that love Tyree Wilson are banking on him doing a lot more than he did at Texas Tech. Yeah, he's a and, physical uh, beast. He is, and he's coming off an injury. He'll be healthy. But, man, if you draft him up that high, you better be right. The more I listen to D'Amico Ryan's talk about character and all that, the less inclined I am to think, say, Jalen Carter was – they traded down and Jalen Carter was there. I don't think they would take him because that would just go against – Everything they're talking about character. Yeah, Carter's another guy, though. Carter Carter is another guy who would may, I think is going to occupy a spot in the top six. I know the Texans aren't going to take him, but if you're looking, let's say they move down to seven, you got to hope that maybe all four quarterbacks get taken there, and then Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are the other two, and then Tyree Wilson gets to you at seven, and you've picked up a couple picks along the way, a couple decent picks for, for moving down five spots. I can get with a, get with a plan like that. All right, last one, John. Uh, Michael says, I heard Sean and Seth talking about the dream scenario in the division. And this is John when Seth and I were talking about one of our, we do a mock draft uh, injection, we call it every day yeah. at 740. Yeah. One of the ones we did had what I, Seth and I both agreed was a dream scenario just in terms of intrigue. Texans take Stroud at two. Tennessee trades up to three and takes Richardson. Indianapolis takes Levis at four, <laughs> which would give... <laughs> which I don't think is totally crazy. If you want, it's to, not. It's not. Uh, you'd have a division with Trevor Lawrence and then three <laughs> of the top four rookie quarterbacks. John, you could. We can sit here and say, would that make you nervous? Or you think it'd be fun? I think it'd be fun as hell. I think having the AFC South no longer be a neighborhood where you're just trying to have the nicest house on a crappy street to have it actually be a nice neighborhood again with some quarterback intrigue would be. I say again, I don't know that it's ever been that in its history. It always feels like it's been somewhat downtrodden. Well, how do you feel about that scenario, John? How how much juice would these AFC South games have if we're talking about Lawrence, Stroud, Richardson, Levis, all in the same division, at least out of the shoot while they all haven't been busts yet? I think it would be outstanding. It'd be yeah. great for the division, be great for the teams to watch how the teams put talent around them, how they coach them, who takes to it, who who jumps out of the gate, you know, who comes around the stretch. And uh, I think it'd be tremendous. We've never had four top four picks be quarterbacks. Maybe they will be this year. You know, Arizona holds the key. I don't see the Cardinals with all their needs staying at three. I'm guessing Indy's going to swap with them so they can have a choice of two quarterbacks. And then Arizona would go to four and probably trade down again to a team that wanted that last quarterback and they can stockpile draft picks. But that would be great. That would be fun. It'd be so much fun. Absolutely. All right, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? Uh, mock Draft 5 coming up on uh, gallerysports.com. I have a column on Gallery Sports today about Nick Serio with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and I'm writing a column for Sports Radio 610 today about these rumors about the front office and Casario. You know, Michael Lombardi saying there's a shift doesn't mean that there's a big change. But uh, uh, I'm going to speculate on all of it, and then I'm going to put out what I heard at the league meetings about Casario and New England. And right now, I got to call my buddy back. Said they're talking about you on radio in Boston. That's always good because somebody heard what I told uh, you and 
and uh, Seth Payne Wednesday morning. I know. I guess I need to tweet that out, John, to make it seem like you broke news on our show today. That's <laughs> This is how we get Payne and Pendergast into the <laughs> national consciousness, I guess. 